Hello all and welcome to another Digineer podcast series. This series is titled Getting a Job or Driving Your Career. My name is Zach McClellan. I'm a recruiter with Digineer. And over the next three episodes of the series, we'd like to share some of the tips, tricks, and drivers that have allowed Digineer and our consultants to take their engagements and job changes to the next level. Today, I'm super thrilled because I have Jessica Moman joining me. Jess has been with Digineer for over nine years. She's interviewed countless candidates uh, in that time, has hosted events, played an integral part in our marketing initiatives, and um, she's going to give us some tips on the application process and early stage interviews. So Jess, super excited to get this under the way. Welcome to the podcast. I'm excited for this. Wonderful. So... As you know, to start us off, I would like to begin with the first impression that a candidate can make. Yeah. Their resume. Would you mind starting off with some of your uh, your more general thoughts on what makes a resume pop? Like what makes it good to you? Yeah. I think when it comes to resumes, you want to make sure that they're clear and concise. Mm-hmm. Now, I know that 10-page CVs can be important in some industries, but for the most part, you do want to make sure that you customize it to the job that you're applying to. And you make it appealing to the eyes, Mm -hmm. right? I think when you do that, you keep it clear and concise, two to three pages, that resume is going to stand out. Yeah, interesting. I I, I know I like the shorter one. I think we try and review them quickly. But when you say appealing to the eye, I know I can be someone who just kind of like looks for the bullet points. And I may, sometimes I may not even appreciate that. So can you expand a little bit on that? Yeah, I think easy to read font. You want to make sure that you have a white page font. You don't want yellow colored font. Mm-hmm. Um, and you do want to make sure that it isn't too, you don't want a size 16 font or a size nine font. <laughs> make it so people can read it. And if you are in the creative space, I know when you get into graphic design, you want to showcase that creative side through your resume as well, just to make sure that you're seeing your creative side when you're reminding me my when I first started applying for jobs my grandpa <laughs> one page resume you know yes. it has to be one page and so I'm like size eight font trying to yes. fit everything I possibly can <laughs> so I'm Which glad I you brought that up I don't always suggest a one page resume I think nothing's wrong with a one page resume you can definitely do that you do want to make sure that you have enough content on that resume to make sure you get through ATS systems. Yeah. These ATS tools are so automated these days that if you don't have certain keywords or certain tools listed on there, you're not even going to get to a recruiter. So you want to have enough on there to get the interview. For sure. Yeah. I think the one page may be not archaic necessarily, but I think the job market being so competitive has maybe yeah. moved beyond that a little bit. Um, And speaking of competitive, right now, I think all candidates are doing everything they can do to get an edge, right? With the pandemic, record unemployment, it is just, it's a tough time to be a candidate right now. And so one of the areas I want to touch on with you are, is that education, certifications, that kind of value add, um, you know, experience versus education and certifications. (laughs) I know this is a pretty hot topic right now, uh, so I'd love to get your thoughts on that. It is. I... Just in terms of the ROI when it comes to education and certificates, will a bachelor's degree give me the return on investment with a salary that's going to pay back those student loans? I think that in itself is a topic for a whole nother podcast. (laughs) We could do that. In my opinion, (laughs) resumes should have both. You should have your education. You should have your experience. If you have 30 years of experience, that should be at the top of the resume. If you just graduated from college and you don't have 
30 years of experience, but you have a great degree, highlight that, highlight the projects that you worked on during that degree. I also think that making sure that the the resume isn't all just experience with just one little blurb of education at the bottom because it can get lost. Mm -hmm. You do want to make sure that it is standing out in some way, shape or form. I've seen resumes where I didn't even know the person had a bachelor's degree until the very last page and it was almost in a footer. You don't want it that hidden. I think degrees and certificates are very valuable and should be highlighted, but experience trumps and having both is key in today's job market. Yeah, I think also that that prompts a follow-up question where uh, certifications are great, but not all certifications are created equally. Yeah. Um, so like your certified business analyst professional, that is a very tough certification to get. Absolutely. Requires years of experience, um, requires so many hours, so many achievements. Whereas like a certified scrum master, you can get in a week, pretty much. So okay. would, would you suggest also that candidates should be doing their due diligence on their certification end, not just kind of chasing down any certification that they can attain in a reasonable amount of time, but being a little more targeted in that approach. Due diligence is the right word to use. You don't want to be going after any and every certificate just to get certificates, to have a bunch of acronyms after your name on a resume. That's Mm -hmm. not the point. You want to make sure that they're applicable to the career choice that you want to have. Mm -hmm. If you want to be a certified scrum master, you need to go get your certified scrum master certificate. Mm -hmm. If you're just getting it just to get it, I would start to peel back the whys and understand why you want to get it. If it's just to kill time because you're in between roles right now, that's understandable too. But due diligence is important Mm -hmm. when it comes to choosing what certificates, because there are some that recruiters and organizations know take a lot more time, effort, Mm -hmm. money to do versus some that you can literally get in a day, Mm -hmm. which they use, they lose value. And I think it goes back to your original point of your resume should tell a story and it should tell the story of the direction you want to go. Right. So um, I think that makes sense to put that in that work to see, you know, what certifications you should get that will help you reach that goal. Exactly. And on that note of telling a story, uh, I once had a hiring manager uh, tell me about cover letters yeah. that she's never read one. And I know I've reached out to friends when I first started looking like, hey, can you review my cover letter? How do I do this? Um, I've had, as soon as people see that you're a recruiter, your friends will reach out to you whenever they are looking for a job or whenever they need resume advice or cover letter advice. Um, So I would just love your thoughts. Like, what do you like to see in a cover letter? Are they valuable? What are your thoughts there? I think cover letters are a great way to introduce yourself to an organization. They need to be authentic. They need to be customized. You don't want it to be a copy and paste and you're sending the same cover letter. A cover letter is a chance for you to introduce yourself Mm -hmm. and highlight some additional items on how you align to the role, how you align to the organization. I have seen in my experience recently, cover letters have shifted a bit. I've seen them more as an introduction in mail on LinkedIn that traditionally maybe 15 years ago, I would have saw that information in a formal cover letter. Now I'm seeing it in an in mail on LinkedIn or an email in my inbox. Mm -hmm. And I'm seeing cover letters shift that way, but I don't think they're ever a bad thing. Mm -hmm. I don't think they hurt. Uh, I don't see them all the time though. Mm-hmm. I, I have seen a reduction in use of them. And like I said, gearing more towards an email or an in-mail and putting it in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think sometimes just kind of slipping in 
a cover letter with a resume is a good way to get it lost. Yeah. Whereas, you know, sending a follow-up email that does introduce, I think that's a really good strategy. I think people could maybe incorporate that a lot more, yeah. which would be good. I think um, recruiters are enjoying seeing that too, right? It's hmm. it's showing that you're taking that next step to reach out to me, knowing that I'm the hiring manager or that I'm the recruiter for the role. Mm-hmm. And you're not just saying, hi, mm-hmm. you're including some additional knowledge about yourself. For sure. And I think we encourage all of our consultants to tell your story. Yep. Right. Because stories are so powerful in this space. And so when you do that as an applicant, you're showing that ability right up front. And that could naturally generate interest. Um, I know you and I could probably talk about this all day. Uh, we've seen okay. our fair share of resumes. I've literally seen one that said, I just want to get paid and go home. <laughs> so um, <laughs> we could dive deep into that area. But I would like to transition a little bit into the interview. Okay. Um, interviewing is... Not everyone's favorite thing to do. Uh, (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So when you come in, I know Digineer does things a little bit differently. We, our first round interviews are pretty in depth. You know, we dedicate a good chunk of time, you know, upwards of an hour to talk to people, really get to know them and dive into their fit. But in my experience, most first round interviews are 15 to 30 minutes, checking some boxes. Are you a viable candidate? Move on. And that can be a little intimidating. So yeah. From where you sit, how do you, I guess, how would you suggest people come into an interview, whether it's 15 minutes or an hour, uh, to make an impression? First, prepare yourself. Get to know the organization, the services, the products that they provide. Know who you're interviewing with. Look at their LinkedIn profile. Preparing yourself will give yourself confidence. I understand that interviews are not for everybody. Some people dread them. Some people are uncomfortable with them. If you have confidence about what you're speaking about, that's going to help. So preparing yourself with reading the job description, knowing what they're going to be talking about. Do mock interviews if you want to. Prepare, anticipate questions that are going to be coming your way. Have responses ready to things. I think that in itself is a great way to start. After that, being authentic to yourself in your story and knowing where you want to take your career and staying true to that. I think adjusting to the flow of the interview can also be just as important. If you see that they're doing scenario-based questions, make sure to be clear and concise with your responses. If you're seeing that the interview is going too much off topic and maybe it's going in a direction you don't want it to go, know how to reel it back in. Making sure that you use the time wisely, especially if it's only 15 minutes. That can be, <laughs> that can go very fast. So clear, concise, to the point. And as we've said, tell your story, be authentic to it, be genuine, be honest, <laughs> and be enthusiastic as well, right? Be excited mm-hmm. and show your confidence and display who you are and yeah. leave it at that and let them decide. Do you think like taking, I, I, I'm someone who's very big on self-assessment. I think it's incredibly valuable to constantly be assessing yourself. And so in an interview, hypothetically speaking, uh, one of the things I like to see from people is I like them to come in with qualities of themselves that they want to show. Yep. And so in the interview, they're telling their story. A little bit. They're coming across as like, well, it comes back to this. Like I said, um, I love seeing that. That it's yep. very neat. They they're quick on their feet and all that. Yep. So how about for you? What kind of qualities do you like to see? Like, what are you know two or three qualities that you like to see out of candidates? Honesty is going to be a big one. I interviewed 
thousands, if not <laughs> tens of thousands of people at this point. And resumes can look great. Resumes get you in the door. Mm-hmm. But an interview is, if not more important than a resume. So if your resume doesn't align to the words that you're articulating to me, a lot of people fluff resumes. So I think that right there, I'm looking at, okay, they fluffed a resume too much. They really can't do these things. They just put keywords into their resume to get the interview. Um, so honesty, being having that level of integrity are important for me to see. Also demonstrating some sort of leadership skills. Even if you don't have that 30 years of experience and you are fresh out of college, everyone can demonstrate some sort of leadership skills on when they've either taken initiative, on when they've led something of some kind, even if it's a project in school. Demonstrating your leadership skills is critical to see in today's market, as well as potential. I, I want to see, yes, <laughs> what you can do right now, but also what can you do in the future? What can you bring to the organization now, as well as six months from now and six years from now? Seeing all of that track is important. Hmm. I feel like I could list a lot more. <laughs> Actually, I mean, I want to keep going in terms of they need to be collaborative and, mm-hmm. and there's a level of confidence and, and there's a lot that I want to see when it comes to candidates. Mm-hmm. And that's really DeGeneres related. We are very particular about who we bring on board. We can be very critical on who is here. Our quality means everything to us. So there's a level of standard that happens here that isn't always at an organization. So... I'll leave it at those things for (laughs) for our listeners, but I could keep going. For sure. Yeah. I I love that you brought up potential as well, because I think so often we get so boxed in on the job description we're chasing, where people kind of forget to say, well, yeah, I may be here right now, but in two years, I'm going to be here. That's my goal. And those goals really need to come into play throughout a whole interview process. Yes. Um, So for you, if you were to give like one piece of advice of someone who wants to move forward in the process. They've made clear to you they want to move forward um, through an interview. What would you tell them? One piece of advice. I would say be authentic. I know I've said that several times today. Be true to yourself, tell your story, take it seriously as well, right? I mean, I know I've mentioned several times throughout this conversation about being authentic and and telling your story, but you do need to take it seriously. These are interviews, this is your career, and you wanna make sure that you're making the right career changes. Enthusiasm never hurts. You don't wanna be too enthusiastic where that is all that the interviewer is seeing. And lastly, I would say, Interview them as much as they're going to interview you. Love that you said that. Ask them a bunch of questions. Get to know the organization. Make sure that this is a place that you want to be at. Make sure this is a place that you want to call home. Mm -hmm. Truly get to know them. Don't be afraid to push back and ask more questions and and dive deeper where you want to dive deeper. And and don't don't let the process intimidate you. Mm -hmm. Go into it knowing that they need you just as much as you need them. Yeah, that confidence is huge. So important. Yeah. Um, well, Jess, that was the last question I had for that you. That was it? So, yeah, that's okay. a ton of fun. I think we could probably fill three hours doing that. So, uh, <laughs> Jess, thank you so much for joining us, uh, taking the time and giving our audience the benefit of your experience. Like you said, you know, you've reviewed so many resumes, you've talked to so many people, and you just have a, a gold mine in there. So, I have <laughs> literally zero doubts that your wisdom is going to help people through their process. In I this. hope so. 
Thank you very, very much. And to the people listening, one of the last things Jess said was take it seriously. And I'm just going to apply that to this podcast. Take what she's saying seriously and apply it to your approach because it really will be so beneficial. And lastly, we named this episode Impress Toward Action because you may not believe this, but it can actually be relatively easy to impress an interviewer. You can be an impressive person and not be a fit for the job. So when you come into an interview, impressing the interviewer alone will not get you to your end goal. So come in with a story, goals, and a plan. Don't just impress. Impress toward action. Thank you for joining everyone. Thanks for listening to Digineer Presents, brought to you by Digineer. Please be sure to follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram, and look for Digineer and all those social media platforms. We look forward to hearing from you.